0: Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, from uh, Jim O'Kane, from the Apollo 13 Minute, the Rocketeer Minute, and a bunch of other minutes.
1: And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute and other minutes as required.
0: And I'm Chris Hedry from the Apollo 13 minute and all the other minutes that these two have gotten me wound up into. So <laughs> I blame you guys for this whole mess. <laughs> um, as I always say, if I'm ever going to have a catchphrase, this will be it is that I love having guests. And uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, I feel like I know you, uh, Sarah <laughs> Kozlov. You are here to join us today. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: It's my pleasure.
0: Uh, Sarah and uh, we have to start with a word of apology that uh, our audience will never know. But we had a wonderful conversation for the past fifteen minutes before I found out that we weren't recording. So we're going to chat this one up again. But we'll, yes. it'll, to our audience, I'm sure they will understand that we'll, we'll sound like we're we're knowledgeable uh, experts on this. Yes.
1: Relax, folks. We're trained professionals who are doing this for free. You don't, you,
2: don't, you don't know the number of times I've been in front of an audience and the equipment hasn't worked and. Uh, uh, you know, I, what can you do? You just yeah. keep going.
0: You know, I'm I'm sure, uh, and and wasn't well, it wasn't known as one take Weiler, as far as I know. So we're we're <laughs> no, we're following we're, in the step in the steps of a master. We're
2: moving up towards forty, guys. We're
0: getting there. <laughs> well, uh, Sarah, again, thank thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, you are kind of the. the the acknowledged expert, uh, at least as far as a- Amazon and every other uh, bookstore, has, you've literally written the book on this movie, um, The Best Years of Our Lives, uh, published by uh, BFI. And a lot of previous hosts have discussed some of your work uh, in their episodes, but uh, I'm really happy to have you on the show to talk about this, which is my favorite movie. And if not yours, I'm sure it's one of your favorites.
2: It is one of my favorites. Don't ask me to choose my favorite film. Besides, I would be telling. If you yeah. tell somebody your favorite movie, they know too much about your inner soul.
1: It does give them a lot of power, doesn't it? That's not... it does
2: it. Does yeah. it's it's worse than you know giving a leprechaun your name or anything.
1: You hear that, Jim O'Kane? Yes, yes. Thank you very much, Agora. Uh,
0: well, here we here we are uh, in uh, we're in minute eighty eight, and uh, this is kind of one of the low points in uh, in Homer's storyline he's uh, uh, he is uh, b- very angry and he takes he kind of vents his frustration all out on his little sister who is shocked and horrified that uh, you know she wasn't meaning to be uh, giving him any pain uh, but uh, and of course Homer and everybody else in the audience and everybody in the scene uh, recognizes that uh, what he did was wrong and that he, he shouldn't have done it um, but it is a, a very powerful scene and uh, speaks, a lot to uh, you know both the the amazing acting ability this uh, of of this newcomer Harold Russell and you know, the the voice of the the director William Wyler.
2: Yes, as I as I said in take thirty nine, um, <laughs> the, um, the art direction of this little scene just screams Wyler to me because he was very careful about propping uh writing to professionals in the field for a film called detective story always wanting to get the medals right and the uniforms right and the costumes right so i think that every metal can every tool every little thing and that's a fairly cluttered woodshed um, is realistic he found somebody's woodshed and recreated it
0: and it feels so immediate it doesn't feel like it was filmed in a in a sound stage in a studio with you know they, they're all going out to uh to lunch afterwards uh you had spoken in in our non in a non-recorded version you talked about how this is a lot like italian neorism like uh, like in um uh, bicycle thief and, and movies like that,
2: mm-hmm. that it, it felt it more like mixed- a documentary yeah, it does, um, because of mixing professional actors with uh, non-professional actors. And little things like um, they, they shopped for Peggy's and Millie's clothes at uh, department stores. And then they had their, the stars wear these clothes a little bit. So they don't have that Hollywood glamour uh costume feel to them. They're real clothes. The in the pharmacy scenes, they went to a Rex Hall and took photographs of everything that was in a Rex Hall and then came back and recreated it in a in a sound stage.
0: Wow. Yeah. I I mean it and you know, we're, we're looking at uh even Homer's shirt is a real Navy shirt with the, you know, H Parrish on the back. Um mm-hmm. And Kathy O'Donnell, you know, she's a beautiful, she's a beautiful woman, but she's dressed plainly and her hairstyle is nothing glamorous or Hollywood about her. And she's also a a relative newcomer to, uh, to the screen. Uh, Just astonishing work on, on all, in all departments.
2: Um, Yeah, she's amazing. Um, I looked her up. She has one credit before this as an extra. So, um. You know, this is this was her first um, speaking part, wow. and the first time she had to sort of carry a storyline, and um, she does.
0: Yeah, and the, the two of them are. This is one of the most powerful minutes of the movie, I think. Or you know, this whole this whole little scene. Um, but but she comes across very eloquent, and you feel that she's in love with Homer and you feel, you know, she really conveys it so well. And I mean, that's a combination of her acting skill and the, the work of Weiler. And of course, uh, director Greg Toland, who is, uh, you know, I mean, C- citizen Kane aside, he's just simply, he understands the language of film and the ability to, uh, to show you, uh, meaning through the, the, the pictures that you're seeing on the screen.
2: And the compositions. Yes. Yeah. And the lighting. Um, so that, um, uh when Homer breaks the glass, uh, as you noticed, uh, we go down to Luella's um, eye view of uh, Homer at the window. Um, you
1: know, I ha- oh, excuse me, sir. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I have the, the minute paused uh, right at second 22, and it's right what you're talking about. We're at Luella's angle. We're looking up at Homer. There's all the, mm-hmm. the jagged glass and giving those angles mm-hmm. that we talked about. And uh, Sarah, in a a previous conversation, you talked about how uh, Wilma is, uh, she's in the background, but she remains in focus. And when you said that, and then you guys talking about Homer is here in sort of the upper right of the screen, this is a dramatic position and she's more lower left. Um, But when you really look at her, I I am fascinated by the fact, as you said, that she's in focus, but by the difference in lighting that there's really dramatic lighting coming from just behind her and it's, it's low and it's coming up as you look at the shadows on the ceiling. So it's lighting her just enough where she's not lit, but then Homer is so clearly and very starkly, you know, daylight, yeah. daylight lit. And when you, when you see things about making films in these areas and, and you and Jim would know this far better than I do, but um, it, it's, it's traditional that you look back and you're kind of shocked by how bright the lights had to be and how, just because of, of the, the nature of, uh, of film photography in that era. So I can only imagine just how intense and how dramatic this looked in real life for it to be, uh, as dramatic, but not as overstated as it is on film.
2: Right. Uh, no, um, Cholan and his crew could do anything with light. I mean, they were, they're painting with light. Um, and the way we see her face there, um, there's lots of there's lots of echoes and rhymes throughout best years so this shot of homer at the window also rhymes with the doorway shot of homer coming home right this yeah. is the in- inverse nightmare uh, frame of homer coming home um and wilma behind him but her face in focus Rhymes with the very end of the film when Dana Andrews uh, looks at Peggy across from the wedding and Peggy is in the, is in the rear but we see her face very clearly
0: yeah, so she 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 almost acts in this scene being in shadow she's almost like a Jiminy cricket she's like her his conscience talking mm-hmm. to him but uh you know that changes as she moves toward the light and we're, we'll get into that in the next minute but she changes from being his conscience to being I'm here to help notice me right um, right one
2: thing I, before we, oh, we go, go on to any other minute I want to talk about the music um, yes. the um somebody said that Luella didn't mean any harm and is being totally innocent that's not actually what the music is telling us the music is going na 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 you know a kind of childhood teasing noise right and it may not be from luella it may be from her little friends but homer's not crazy to feel that he's an object of, um, revulsion and, um, that the kids are looking at him and staring at him and wanting to see his hooks. I mean, the music tells us that there is something almost kind of taunting and purient about, about their interest.
1: That's a great point. And when, and I'm glad you mentioned those, uh, the other kids, all those friends back there, if you look at about second 34, they're backed up against the gate, that fence style (laughs) gate. And, you know, they kind of have their arms out behind them and they're just, they're pushing back and, you know, anybody, anytime, when you're a kid and you go over to your friend's house and their parents get in a fight, that's what you feel like. You're just wedged up against you. You know, you wish you were Homer Simpson being able to back into the bush and just completely disappear. Like, especially the, the blonde kid on the right, right center of the screen. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he, if he could, he would magically just squeeze through the holes in the, in the game <laughs> just to get the heck away from this. Uh, you know, it's scary, but it's, it's. I, I see that sense of just that discomfort. Like this is not yeah. my fight. I don't want to see this. You know, yeah. mommy, I don't want to be here.
0: Yeah, and that, and their their yeah. arms are also very visible in this scene because right. they've been thinking about their own hands and trying to. You know, it's like like anyone would. They try to imagine this. Um, Homer tells the story to Butch earlier in the bar where he talks about how his dad was lighting a pipe and then realized that he had hands and Homer didn't.
2: Ah, uh, right.
0: So yeah. it's, it's just this constant idea of he's being compared and found wanting Yeah. and, yeah. uh, you know, whether that wells up from, you know, that wells up from Homer or if he's actually experiencing that from other people, there, everybody in the situation is uncomfortable.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. It's. Absolutely.
0: And it's, you know, and the thing is, this isn't happening, like, you know, we have, and I don't want to, I don't want to step on anybody else's minutes, but, you know, later on, when uh, Homer finally talks about why he's, you know, why he's helpless without his hands, it's told in almost like a horror movie style in a, you know, on a dark night, and there's lots of shadows and going up Mm -hmm. into a darkened room. But this is all happening on a, the sunniest of bright spring days. Uh, Right, right. uh, just, you know, this is the kind of the monster in our, in our neighborhood. And he's... You know, that's, that's, how, that's how Homer's feeling with this.
2: Yeah. Um, that he's brought, because he's brought the war, he's brought death and monstrosity into Middle America, into Boone City. Uh, yeah. And uh, something that these young children should be shielded from, but can't be any longer.
0: Yeah, and not that much different from when Al was displaying his uh, war trophies to uh, Rob, and Rob right. is looking at all these things, and the only thing Rob is asking about is, well, what happened at Hiroshima? Where you know, what did you see there? What was right. that? You know, right. And and his dad's like, well, I didn't really see anything. I don't. You know, this is this is what I brought home. This is this is the parts of the war that I saw. I saw this from a right. dead Japanese soldier, and this is these are the right. little bits that I was able to bring home. Um, but you know, Rob knows there was a lot more, and you know, Homer's bringing home a little too much for, for his little sister.
2: Right, and Weiler makes her uh, look younger than the actress is by putting her in that really short dress. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess you guys um, were never little girls, but I once was. <laughs> and um,
1: uh, Chris, uh, was, do, you, do you have a counter to that? Uh, no <laughs> that, comment. <laughs> that, that
2: dress is, is too short um for, i mean it makes her look even younger than she is
0: yeah yeah it's yeah she's like nine or ten right i mean i think yeah uh, yeah and, she, and yeah, it I makes her that. look
2: like five or six
0: yeah, yeah yeah um and yeah it's it's just it's this this whole idea of innocence as, as you said the war bring being brought to boone city um mm-hmm. that she's and she hasn't had an experience like this other than oh my brother lost his hands but now she's seeing more of the reality of it and now this is what it's turned my brother into right um Right, and uh, okay. do you guys think that that, and I'm just I'm just asking, but do you think that any of Homer's reaction to this moment is actually maybe some of what Harold has felt over the years?
2: Uh, you know, I don't know enough about Harold except um, that he was paid so little.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was like one-tenth, or not even a tenth. I think it was like a twelfth.
2: He, he was paid $6,000, and the stars were paid $100,000. Jeez. Oh
0: my God. Yeah. Wow.
2: And then, <laughs> and then later in life, his wife had cancer, and he had gotten two Academy Awards, and he decided he would auction one of them off. And the Academy was incredibly angry at him for doing this. And he was like, what's the matter with you people? <laughs> yeah. I need take care of my wife what do i care about this statue right (laughs) Um, but it's kind of sickening when you realize that he is a genuine war casualty even though this didn't this was a training accident not a battle accident and he was exploited by the filmmakers
0: yeah and and weiler telling him man nobody's gonna want (laughs) to want an actor who uh who doesn't have any hands you probably won't get any roles so but you, know, you better drop out now which may have been good advice but it's still like well he's obviously a good actor i mean he carries this whole scene and provides so much um i think if the way i felt is that if lionel barrymore could act out of a wheelchair they could have Har- find jobs for harold russell in a movie <laughs> um,
2: yeah uh, i'm thinking again about how much this might be his you know, we see Harold angry again in the soda uh, yeah. uh, counter scene, right? Yeah. And so, again, we, we have a, a chime, a rhyme, an echo. Uh, we have to have seen here that he's capable of getting that angry for the fight later to make sense.
0: Yeah, it's that whole... Uh, checkoff shotgun thing that we're seeing we're we're laying out a tendency and then and then being able to use it later on very effectively um we've got we've got lots more minutes to to discuss (laughs) coming up so uh let me let me pause here uh for folks who have missed previous episodes there are 87 more behind us and about probably about 87 in front of us uh but uh, go find them on the main site at uh, thebestminutes.com uh you can find uh our show on uh, uh the best minutes podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, or Google play. Uh, Also, we are, we'd love to hear from you. If you're, if you're enjoying this, uh, this movie and this podcast, uh, please join us at Butch's place, the best years of our lives listeners cafe on Facebook and on Twitter at the best minutes. Um, Anyway, we will return here uh, tomorrow to continue our discussion. So we'll see you here next time on the best minutes podcast. go. You better hurry up out there, because she's taking off soon. Right. Thanks. Come on, Taylor.